Welcome to Humanly, the podcast searching for the truth about health and wellness. Here's your host, Daniel Reuters. Hello everyone, Daniel Reuters here and I'm on the Humanly podcast with Josh and Adam Biggleson. I'm really excited to be able to speak to these uh, fine gentlemen today because I saw your I was introduced to the work that you're doing uh, by a podcast that I watched. I think it was Andrew, Dr. Andrew Kaufman's podcast, maybe in about mid 2020. And I saw your presentation there and I was completely blown away and time sort of got the better of me. And um, it was only sort of recently when I ended up connecting and reaching out to you both to come and talk about the work that you're doing. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited to have you here. Uh, I know that you've got a little bit of a presentation and some slides that you want to talk through. So I think what I might do is just um, let you introduce yourselves and the work that you're doing, because I know it's not exactly live blood analysis, but I'm sure many practitioners or people listening may be familiar with that. Um, So yeah, even if we can sort of get into a discussion around who you are, what you do and what the difference is between what you're doing and what live blood analysis is. Sure. Sure. Definitely. Nice. Nice to be here, Daniel, by the way. And Josh, feel free to say hello. I let him talk sometimes. (laughs) Hey, Adam. (laughs) It's a brother thing. You guys will figure this out, right? Um, Cool. No, we're excited to be here. Um, I got to tell you, this is funny, Uh, a little nerdy, but at the same time, um, Daniel, you're one of my friends. Uh, as the, the Facebook thing got weird, you know, and I check out of that, but every once in a while I pipe back in and you're there and the things you post, it's like thumbs up, you know, someone's still at the party and still sharing their stuff. So, um, I, I feel like I know you, it's good to actually chat with you at this point. Um, so yeah, Josh and I, we've lived an interesting life to say the least. Uh, Kaufman has been great. Um, I found out about him right at the beginning of the pandemic and reached out to him because he was talking about something I had never heard about, exosomes. Um, and he's been really awesome. He actually, I'll be talking with him tomorrow. He shared information for me. He's learned some stuff from us. And I think he, as far as what's going on in, in general, has wonderful integrity. The way he approaches things and you know evaluates and he... He says what he observes, so he's not necessarily taking sides with things. I really appreciate his approach. Um, So it's cool that that's how we came to meet you. Um, Yeah, I would like to do, Josh and I, we've done many presentations. We've done a lot of interviews. Um, We've been doing this for a long time. And to give listeners a little bit of a background or your viewers is is important for us. So I will do a screen share and want to introduce you to my father, to our father, um, was definitely a, a unique individual. Um, he had done some some things for sure. And let's let him speak for a moment. He has awesome things to say. So Dr. Harvey Biggleston. Let's, let's come to a theory of, of medicine's theory on, on cancer. Medicine's theory on cancer, it's one cell that goes wild. All of a sudden, one day decides to go crazy. It grows into a tumor or into a mass. It's friable, it breaks in, it erodes into a blood vessel lymphatic, a cell breaks off, they get into the vessels and off they go, traveling around at random, and gonna end up at random at some spot. That's called metastasis. Prostate cancer almost always goes to the bones. I don't know how many years you've played with it, but you've seen it and you, you study it. Always loads. That shows there's nothing random. 
Okay, why can I go to 20 spots in the bones first and never ever go to inside the intestinal mucosa? Never in history. And just 30 feet of intestines there. You'd think it would find one time would accidentally find its way in there. Never in history. So there's no randomness. So the medicine's whole theory of random. All of a sudden, you got to start to question the randomness. If a cell breaks off by my prostate, okay, and gets into a vein, it goes into the heart, goes in the right chamber of the heart. The right chamber then pumps it into the lungs, where it gets aerated. Now, the lungs, the circulation breaks down into tiny capillaries. It's called a VLI, and it's really tiny. The metastatic cell would actually get trapped in the lungs and never ever get back to the heart. How come everyone's metastases doesn't end up in the lungs? Okay, from the lungs, it's going to go back to the heart, and from there, it goes around to the rest of the body. So their whole theory that they've been using smoke and mirrors for the past hundred years is just lies. And it's all there to keep you frightened and crazy. Let's look at the reality of it, though. Okay, what you'll find in cancer, and the studies have done going back to Carrie Reams in the 30s and 40s, Vincent in Germany and Switzerland in the 50s, in France and Switzerland in the 50s, where they made oxygen and pH levels. The human being now, we consider the pH, alkaline, uh, the venous blood, 7.4 is normal. In 1950s, it was 7.32 to 7.35. We've gotten a little worse. Medicine never even measures it past to the hundredth. Most cancer cases, they're already there in 7.5, 7.55. They get very alkaline, and their oxygenation decreases. When you've got low oxygen and alkaline blood, the mold grows. Okay, prostate cancer, and this is anything. It makes no difference. Molds, uh, cancer is a type of mold. Arthritis is actually a type of mold. We'll die in several. They found three types of molds in Egyptian coffins. So there's three different ways the body actually molds, but we should mold in the coffin. Prostate cancer, like I was saying, prostate cancer, what the hell is it is, if you look at the body like a lump of cream cheese or a peach, and you got a mold on the peach and you cut the mold off, peach is still rotten right in the mold. Okay, you cut the mold off the cream cheese, there's no vessel, the next day you get 12 spots. Prostate cancer goes to the bones because the mold feeds on calcium almost exclusively. That's its single major food source. Just plain and simple. Doesn't that theory make more sense? than the theory that they have, okay? Um, and they haven't, and you give the results. They, they don't know their answers. They haven't cured a thing. They're still guessing in the, wood, in the wind, and they've had 100 years at the ball game. Why should I listen to their theories? If their theory, to me, their theories have been proven wrong over 100 years, because they haven't found one cancer they've been able to stop and control. Well, their whole concept makes no sense. And insanity is when you keep on doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different result. <laughs> so he was, <clears throat> let me stop the share here. I always got to do was, that right off the bat, make me emotional, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, and the irony was I was going to share a different clip, but dad wanted to say that. So that's yeah. what he got to say. Um, real quick, though, our father was, he was an eye surgeon. Uh, he was a trauma surgeon in Vietnam. He was head of mass casualties, so he decided who they could help and who they couldn't, who lived and who died. As he was there, his hospital had a 98% survival rate. He came back to the States and he saw that was not happening in the United States, in those hospitals there. So he was questioning things that went on <clears throat> with the schooling, with the government. In medical school, he said he would ask questions. They would tell him to read the book. And he would say, I think the book is wrong. And we've learned a lot about what's gone on there. So in his work, 
uh, he was a rich eye surgeon and he had everything he needed and he was near suicidal. So the American dream for him was not what he wanted. He found a different way. Uh, ironically, uh, mom introduced him to a psychic and this psychic uh, was psychic to four presidents. Not that you'll find that written anywhere, but his dad was with him once. He had to leave to go to Camp David with Jimmy Carter. Um, this psychic introduced him to the work of Edgar Casey, and Edgar Casey said the physician of the future will diagnose the condition of the entire body through one drop of blood. I get chills when these things happen. Uh, Dad took us all from Princeton, New Jersey, where we had all the money and the Porsches and the Jaguars, to Scottsdale, Arizona. He traded that stuff for a Chevy Blazer and a Datsun. Uh, took a big cut in pay, which I didn't appreciate as a child. Um, and he found a way to help people. Uh, he worked with the ARE clinic, which was an Edgar Casey clinic. He became very politically active. Um, our father, Arizona was the first state that had a law that separated the AMA, the American Medical Association, from the AHMA, the American Homeopathic Medical Association. And our father wrote that law. He created the first homeopathic association, medical association in the United States, and he gave out the first homeopathic medical licenses. And what he did was legitimize alternative medicine by making sure that they had anatomy background. In the late 80s, anyone could call themselves a homeopath. So he basically did something to make sure people knew what was going on. And he would say, someone was yelling at him once and said, that law ruined my life and my career. And my dad said, you take an anatomy class. If you don't know how the car works, get your hands off the car. So he was pretty intense with what he did, and he did a lot. Um, there was a point in time he ended up in Canada with a physicist named Gaston Nessans, who had a microscope. And dad looked into this microscope and saw things moving. He, thought, he saw things he had never seen before, because Western medicine does not look at the live blood. All right. Uh, at one point, dad became famous for his cancer work and had the head of a very well-known hematology department at a very well-known university in the United States come to visit him because of his results in cancer. Dad put a drop of blood under the microscope and the man refused to look into the microscope because the blood was live. Our father said, you came to see my results and wanted to know why I get the results. And the reason I get the results is in that microscope. And the man would not look. And this is the head of the hematology department at a big university. So his students are not being taught to even be open enough to look, not even open their eyes to look in the microscope. Now, as he's with Gaston Maisons, he looks in the microscope and he sees a whole new world. And he sees these little things moving around. What, what is that? These are the bions. We call them the sympratites, the symbionts, the microzymas. They've been labeled all different things all over the world throughout history, except in Western medicine. Fat particles is what we've heard. Um, as our dad looked at this, Gaston Isons isolated one of these fat particles and injected it into a dead rat muscle. 30 years later, that rat muscle is alive in a jar. So this is pure life, okay, that we see in the blood. And I'm going to share the screen. I want Josh to, Josh will tell you a little bit about what you're looking at here. These are the symbionts. These are the microzymas. This is pure life as we see it in the blood. You want to talk about them, Josh? Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing more important than these little particles here. They are pure life. I believe they create all life. Okay, so they've been called bions, microzymas, there's a whole list of things that people have called them. Um, a, a fair amount of live blood analysis thinks they're fat particles, they discount them. So they discount the single most important thing there are. 
And then do we want to talk about pleomorphism a little bit, Adam, or we'll get to that in a few minutes? Yes, no, this is the time. And real quick, as, you, yep. as people are looking at this, um, what you're seeing, if you haven't seen this before, this is dark field microscopy. Um, these are your red cells here. This is a platelet over on the side, another platelet over here, and those little guys moving around, those are your sympatites, your symbionts. You may have seen them recently uh, in some pictures and articles as, oh, happened after vaccines, dun, 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 dun. Nope. These I saw one live cell person called the metal pointy things, which may represent graphene. So <laughs> some of the guesses, some of, some of the guesses out there are just mind-boggling and with with our dad growing up we were taught to be honest about what we know and honest about what we don't know there's a ton i know about the blood and there's a ton i don't know and we just have to be honest about that as opposed to making bad guesses so you can see there's these are different bloods here and there's different activity levels in there okay so the higher the valence the higher the activity is the higher there's the harder the body is actually working at that point in time all right, so we can see we can zoom in there. Yep, we've got almost a snowstorm in there. So that's internally, that's what's going on with the person. The body is working so hard on trying to heal at that point that eventually the card starts to break down. So you don't want too many, you don't want too few, you want a nice happy balance of them. And this is where pleomorphism comes in. So the body's supposed to flow like a nice flowing river. You throw a few boulders in the river, you get little back eddies, you throw a dam in the river, now you've got a stagnant pond. And when the pond happens, our pHs start to change. When our pHs start to change, the bions, the little microzymes there, the somatids, they then morph into bacteria, all right? And the body is creating the bacteria to help. I don't believe in good bacteria and bad bacteria. It's all good. It's all there to do a job. And I'm tired of people trying to get rid of your bacteria. <laughs> I love Daniel knows right? this. We read that on your stuff. Daniel agrees. Yes. <laughs> you know, so it's, just, it's, it's a bone of contention with me. But anyways, so if we don't fix the stagnation at that point in time, the pHs continue to change. Now the bacteria then creates a fungus, right? And the body's starting to mold. At this point, the body is still trying to heal. Right. If we, if we look at nature, if we look at mushrooms and the mycelia network, um, a lot of those are actually withdrawing toxicity from the soil. So even though when the body is creating the mold, the mold is still trying to clean the body and we're still trying to clean the toxicity out. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of pleomorphism is it can be reversed. Once we figure out whether, where the stagnation is and we, we remove the dam, the pond becomes a river again, our pH is balanced out, the fungus goes back into a bacteria and then back into a healthy little microzyma. It's this beautiful, beautiful symbiosis that's go, that goes on. So this is at what this we did point, for years. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah the bions the are pure life and they create all life based on the terrain. The terrain will dictate what type of life needs to be created at that point in time. Can I ask a question in regards to that? So the microzyma, uh, so I've seen things from people like um, Robert O. Young, where he's observed these microzyma morphing into bacteria and then into red blood cells. So are they actually able to morph into any cell, sort of like a stem cell? And once they form into one type of bacteria, can they then change into another type of bacteria? Or do they have to go through that full life cycle first and then they will morph into the different bacteria after that? Well, I think they're the, they're the building blocks of life. So whatever has life will be, this is the first building blocks. So they're going to create all life. Um, from what we know, it's going to create a specific, specific type of bacteria based on the terrain. So will, will that then bacteria change to a, a separate bacteria? I, I don't know. Um, that's, a, that's a question I can't answer as far as, far as that goes. But I believe, yeah, based on the terrain, it's going, to, it's going to develop into specific bacteria. And it's developing in, in many different types of bacteria. And, and they're all like a family unit working together. 
And right. and Josh, just for yep. people who may ne- have never even heard of the terrain, I might be going, what are you talking about? Can you just give a little yeah. bit of a preface as to what that actually is? It's the same as gardening. And gardening, if you look in your soil, if you have a healthy soil, then good things grow. When we talk about our terrain of our body, we talk about our body's soil. We talk about the blood specifically because the blood is showing us what's going on and how the body is, is, is reacting. But So we talk about our inner terrain the same way a gardener would talk about his soil. Now, in soil, gardeners get it. They want bacteria in there. They want mushrooms in there. They want fungus in there. Why is a parasite good in soil but not good in your body? Mm. It, it's, right. it's not. We, we are nature, mm. okay? And people need to understand that we're not separate from nature and we evolve the same way nature does right so even for us we've got parasites that help us process bacteria right and if you're overloaded with garbage here comes the parasites to help you right and when you if there's too many of them once you balance out the terrain then a lot of those parasites go away right so another thing i'm tired of people trying to kill your parasites yeah, me too, right? <laughs> you know tried they're blaming it on your parasites when they're this is a, a little guy on there that's helping you do a job so yeah we talk about our terrain it's our body's soil internally what's going on with us what is our own terrain like yeah such and a it's, good it's, point oh it's sorry literally that it's okay it's literally that there's a picture i was trying to find of a farm in spain it's literally that i think out of all the people that you've had on your show, as I went and looked through, uh, you know who knows the most about all this stuff is Joel Salatin. Yeah, that guy's a yeah. hero. <laughs> yeah. It's really, you know, yeah. we've worked with people in terrain, and it's very interesting because, unfortunately, what's happened a lot is people are stuck in their paradigm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's happened with Josh that Dad said was great is Josh never went to medical school, so he didn't have to unlearn these things. Okay? And one thing that as people are watching and listening have to understand, this is... I mean, I was born when I was seven or eight, my dad changed his 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 experience. Um, Josh has not known any different. This is a world that we grew up in, basically. So it's when the pandemic happened, it was very bizarre for us. You know, people were asking about viruses and we never paid attention to it. It wasn't in Josh's vocabulary because it was not an issue for dad. You know, and the terrain is so simple. Dad's dad's experience is health is simple people are complicated okay and it's the kiss principle not keep it simple stupid but keep it simple and sustainable and if you want to know if you have a question right now about what's going on in your body look at nature okay dogs are eating raw grass to clean things out when they're not feeling well nature knows what it's doing and dad said man went wrong when it thought it could improve on what nature had done with health we see this and we've come to see this with farming and agriculture okay nature knows what it's doing um these are things we talk about dad would say i got to do a meme autoimmune is the body is never going to attack itself the body doesn't do this you know the body knows exactly what it's doing and terrain is that it's everywhere that fish fish bowl you know it's dirty water you guys have everyone has fish tanks you know do you vaccinate the fish or do you clean up the damn terrain and it's it has to do with your physical environment, your energetic environment, your emotional environment. If you're, I can be healthy and I can hate my job and hate my relationship and my neighborhood, and I'm not going to be healthy for very long. You know, and a diseased, a beginning botany student knows that a plant is diseased because of the soil that it is in. Yeah. All right. So just think about this. This is this is actually simple. And I do believe our job is here. We're here to educate and empower so people can learn to take charge of their own health care. 
And this is part of what's going on right now historically. Your doctor doesn't want you to know that you don't need him so much or her. And Weston Price, was it Weston Price, Josh, or A.T. Still, who traveled around in, <clears throat> in the 1800s and noticed uh, where there were no doctors, people lived longer. It was the Civil War, right? I was a, a, Andrew Taylor Still during the Civil War time. Um, he was a father of osteopathy. And he said he started to notice the towns he went to where there was no doctor, the children were very healthy. <laughs> Inside. So, yeah. and, and I got to say, the, the one thing this pandemic has showed me is how little people understand about how the body works. Yet everybody's an authority. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm talking about traditional and I'm talking about alternative as well. Here in the United States, we have a lot of green allopaths, right? So they're just giving you a, a, a supplement for each leaf on the tree. Right. I don't know what it what it's like in Australia, but here it, it's it's they had a big chance to change things, alternative medicine, and they became supplement pushers. So they're using the same model. They're going after antibacterials, antifungals, antiparasitics. And everybody's been an authority this year. Everybody's blaming things on a bacteria, a virus, your parasites, maybe acidity, because there's a link between acidity and cancer when actually cancer is, is alkaline. So here's your alkaline water to drink, here's your alkaline diet, here's your water vortex, you know. Nobody's talking about how the body works. We used right. to remember all this stuff. Like we, we all yes. remember it. We used to know this stuff from a, a natural medicine or sort of eclectic medicine perspective, but then we yeah. lost it. We lost yeah. touch with yeah. it. And you're so right. The whole natural medicine industry has just gone. So, we've tried to integrate so much that we've lost touch with what makes us special and so effective. Yeah. yeah. And there's obviously there's exceptions. I'm not lumping everybody into that. You know, but from here we see it's an alarming trend of you know of antibacterials, antifungals, and uh, and I'll, I'll say this quick, Adam, and then I'll, I'll let you kind of take over from there. Okay. Um, you, you know who Masuto Emoto was, the guy who analyzed the water crystals. Yes. Okay. So um, my father lectured with him in the early 2000s, and we, Adam and I, were fortunate enough to work with Michiko Hayashi, who does the Emoto Peace Project, who used to work with him, and so we know words are power. Right, that that's been scientifically proven. Even with Gerald Pollock, who we got to talk to, he's scientifically proven that words have energy. So we've got a lot of alternative physicians calling the herb itself antibacterial, mm-hmm. antifungal, anti-inflammatory, anti-parasitic. So now, if words are power, I believe they're actually weakening the energy of the herb itself before we actually put it into our bodies. Yeah. So we have to change the way we look at things and the farmers kept saying that if you want to make small changes, you change the way you do things. If you want to make big changes, you change the way you see things. And, and we've been taught to see things wrong to this point. Right. And I wouldn't even consider herbs to be antibacterial in, in the way that they, we think that they're going in and killing the bacteria and fixing the problem. Right. I don't know what your perspective is, but the way I see it is they're actually changing the environment or the terrain and oh. then the bacteria respond to that. That's yeah, they're they're, they're they're working symbiotically, mm. right? So the herb the herb goes in and it's working symbiotically with your terrain to hopefully create a thing where the bacteria doesn't need to be doesn't need to reach quorum, it doesn't need to overflow at that point in time. Right. And the same thing with the, with the fungus. A lot of times, the, what they're calling antifungals are mushrooms, <laughs> right? Which is, <laughs> yeah. which is like like treats like you know. So Isn't no, absolutely, ironic? they're they're in there. They're cultivating the terrain. They're working with the terrain at that point in time. They're not an, nothing in nature is anti. Yeah, right? you know, Adam talked about autoimmune. Um, Dad would call uh, the word autoimmune Orwellian. Yes. Right. Just because the doctor doesn't know what's wrong with you, it must be your fault. And the body doesn't yeah. work that way. It's always looking for balance. 
I have a great idea for a meme with dad on that one. And you know what you said too, Daniel, you know, grandma knew. Grandma, when you got sick, she made you chicken soup with love was the main ingredient. And then somewhere along the line, your mom said, you got to go to the doctor. You know, and it really was. They did a study on uh, the centurions, centurions, the people that live to be over 100 years old. And one of the things they don't do is go for regular checkups. They don't go to the doctor. The doctor's going to find something wrong with you. Exactly. And for people listening and watching too, this is it. This is time for us to do our thing. Not me and Josh, all of us. It's new paradigm time. So we need to change the language. And there's something that we've talked about for so long. The system is broken. No, I just learned, you know what? The system's not broken. The system works perfectly. Oh, yeah. For those that created it, mm -hmm. not us. Okay. Now, what do we do when people say viruses and Josh goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. We live in a different system. We have for years. I'm I walk the walk as much as I talk the talk. I'm very healthy and I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. I drink my milkshakes and I love my milkshakes and my pizza and tacos. And I got my rebounder and I do my Qigong and I'm working on the emotions every day. This is our terrain. And here I found this picture. I'm going to share this one real quick. It's about meeting people where they're at. And if we can show people visually some of these simple things, a picture's worth a thousand words, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that dad had a whole list of Orwellian words that virus would be added to that now. <laughs> That's yeah. just an Orwellian word, a misdirection. Right. Alternative was one of those things he said, don't call me alternative. And for people listening, if you're an alternative physician, the brain psychologically means thinks you're secondary. Yes. Okay. And for you got vitamin C in the orange, right? Oranges have vitamin C. But for some reason, that's secondary to taking your vitamin C pill. All right. Mm -hmm. This is this is what we're talking about. So terrain, the simplicity of terrain. Here is Spain. We went to visit and we saw regenerative agriculture the first mm -hmm. time ever. And we said to our friend whose farm was poisoned, he bought it and it was dead and he brought it back to life. Nature brought it back to life. Okay. And Josh looks at something like this and says, I don't understand. All the farms around you are surrounded by poison. I dumbly asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Josh says, and it's, this stuff is leaking downhill. Like it's leaching into your stuff. Why is your field not affected? What's the deal? And he says, my terrain is too strong. Wow. And, and I'll tell it. you this, it's, it's awesome. This is the farming gets it, you know, okay. For people that are gardening, think about your garden, parasites, worms, they, they aerate and they fertilize. And this is, this is the way the terrain works. So in the end too, we did an experiment, Josh and I, uh, when we first got locked down pandemic, um, took my blood, three drops of blood and put one drop on the router, on the Wi-Fi router. Another drop on the router in tinfoil and another drop in the other room. And after 24 hours, we looked at the blood and there was not a huge difference. Strange. Um, we did the same thing with our mother. There was a difference. Definitely. So why? I do my homework. Mom's a little older. You know, she can do what she wants to do at this point. She's earned the right to do whatever and eat whatever and live however. Um, I'm less affected. My terrain, my biofield is less permeable because of me. And the thing is this, people are afraid, fear, fear is sympathetic. You're either in parasympathetic rest and recuperate or fight or flight. If you're afraid, you cannot heal. So we're afraid of the 5g and all this stuff. It's not the approach. The perspective now is to strengthen your terrain, your biofield. So you are less permeable. And 
when I'm here, I get so excited. Sometimes it's hard for me to stop talking, you know, and as I talk to people that love this stuff, we all get excited. All right. Picture the energy that you can see coming off of me. All right. And you don't have to sit. You can sit next to someone to feel the anger radiating off them. Energy is real. Now I'm excited and you're excited. And we're excited. If we're all in the same area, we're much less permeable to what's going on out there. So this is what needs to happen. Our community has been divided and conquered historically. It's time to regroup. Yeah. It's time to share this information. Scientists are very interesting. Science being stolen. Uh, what are we? We're people that observe patterns. And my dad's method, as Kaufman would say, was clinically successful for 25 years. When Josh and I say what we say, this is not what we think. This is what we know from repeated experience. Mm -hmm. And we, we were in Spain on a stage, and this guy was talking about us, and he says, we need to be scientists like the Biggelsons. And I have the translator earpiece, and I said, did he just call us scientists? <laughs> and she says, yeah. And he said, they have a method that is repeatable and replicable. They have observed patterns over time. Okay, I looked into some of your stuff and that Paul Indirtsi, is that how I pronounce his last name? That's, yep. Okay, <clears throat> this guy living with cancer people, I mean, God bless him, cancer is tough, you know, and what he's done is he's observed patterns and he's changed their perspective. He's helped change their terrain, you know what I mean? And his conclusion of all this is emotionally triggered, Paul, you're right. My dad would say a thousand percent. Okay, so where's, what's going on these days? You listeners and viewers are your own scientist. You know yourself better than anyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me jump on that for a second. Adam. Try it and see what happens. Go, Josh. Yeah, yeah um, and we'll get to the emotions in a little bit because, yeah, the emotions a thousand percent set us up for our health or our illness, right? But once the emotion becomes physical, we work with the physical. You don't work with the emotion. You work with the physical so you can release the emotion. You got a problem with anger, all right? And traditional medicine is giving you whatever antidepressants and, and alternative medicine is giving you a liver flush or liver detox, right? Whereas, well, you're having a problem with an anger because your liver can't process the anger. So there's always a structural component to it. So a lot of times we see this goes back to birth, which we'll get into later, but the diaphragm is pulling down onto the liver itself. So the liver is having trouble functioning. So our approach is we work with it physically. You get to the osteopath, you align the body, it takes pressure off the liver, so now you can process your anger. So it's a very, very simplistic approach at that point in time. Um, bring up the four plus, Adam. Can you bring up the four plus activity really quick? I can. Dun, dun, dun. When he was talking about the, the electromagnetic sensitivities out there, a lot of people are EMF sensitive, and every once in a while you just get somebody who's a bit of a nutso. You know? But in, in general, if you look at the activity he's showing here, you look at the bions, the microzymas, as your body's own internal electromagnetic frequency. All right. And now we've got, yep. Sorry, technology. <laughs> so when he shows the video um, that has all the bions being super active, the snowstorm in the blood, it's their internal frequency is on overload. The body is working way too hard. Okay. And if our own internal frequency is off, then we're a heck of a lot more susceptible to the external electromagnetic frequencies. So for the people who would come in with the EMF sensitivity, most of the time they had a snowstorm in their blood. Once we figured out why, we removed the blocks, the body calmed down, and then their sensitivities calmed down right along with it. 
So while we have to be aware of what's going on with the EMFs out there, the 5Gs, we can't be afraid of it. We got to really strengthen our own internal frequencies so that we can adapt to it. At this point in time, I'm not sure it's really possible to be totally healthy in a city at this point in time. I think we got to get more back to nature. Um, but yeah, it's a great representation of what's going on with us internally is just watching the microzyma activity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's amazing how resilient the body actually is and how it can adapt to all these different things that we throw at it, like the Wi-Fi and the junk food and the polluted air and the polluted water and the food. And it it's still somehow manages to just keep on yeah. ticking along. Well, even they say with antibiotics, people are becoming antibiotic, res- we're becoming antibiotic resistant. Right. Mm. Well, Bechamp talked about it in the 1800s that the, the, you're given an antibiotic and the, the microzyma just morphs into a bacteria the antibiotic doesn't recognize. <laughs> you know, and which is which is brilliant. I was looking into um, Clostridium difficile a little while ago and uh, why people will tend to get that infection post antibiotic. Yeah. And I was thinking exactly along those lines. Yeah. That the yeah. antibiotic has damaged the tissue. And mm-hmm. now there needs to be a specific type of bacteria that comes along, which is the clostridium, um, mm-hmm. to clean up the mess. And we look at that and go, oh, well, it's an opportunistic infection now that's taken hold after the antibiotics. And that's the reason why you're getting sick. It's yeah. just so backwards. Oh, totally. Yeah. And an infection was one of his Orwellian words also. you know or being infected or things are happening by mutation and accident so yeah Mm no it's absolutely right the body's always trying for balance it's always looking for homeostasis and the brilliance is just incredible it really is the perfect machine we need to support it you know and my dad people would come to him our father and they would say fix me doc and he would say no 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 i don't fix anybody Mm. your body is the thing and the deal is you've been a part of the problem so you need to be a part of the solution this is, there's no magic bullet here. You need to take an active role. He would say disease is a process and health is a process. As we get older, the car gets older, you know, and if you leave the car in the field, it's going to rot or rust depending on what's going on. <clears throat> you got to use it or lose it. So, you know, disease cannot exist where there's no stagnation. How many people are sitting around doing nothing and waiting for their doctor to fix them? Hmm. It doesn't work that way. And for us, it's, it comes down to, the blocks in the body. As we look at a drop of blood, the body will tell us what it's concerned about right then. What we call now the true root cause, a focal disturbance, an interference field, okay? And as we look at this in the blood, it's typically that one thing that sets you off center in the first place. If you think about the car, if you're a little out of alignment, you drive over time, you end up way over here, all right? And If we look at the blood and see something and we address it correctly, the blood will actually change real time. So we look at the blood, we see an image, we do the treatment we expect or the therapy of sorts. We look at the blood again. If the blood didn't change, we know we didn't hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. And you might feel different, but we want to see you change on that cellular level. The small change in a biological system affects the greater whole. So we know if we can affect the blood, then we can affect you. If we affect the right thing, it's like the domino effect happens. We knock this down and everything else just starts to fall into place. It's a holistic, integrated experience. Your issues are are quantum of sorts. You know, you're not just biochemical. What makes you think it's your end of your fingertips, my girlfriend would say, when part of your respiratory system is in that tree over there. Hmm. You know, and it comes down to us too for the blocks in the body, it's Rudolf Steiner's four bodies. You either have physical blocks, energetic blocks, emotional blocks, or spiritual, which is mind and consciousness. 
And any block in any one affects the others. You have a physical injury, it affects your energy. Emotionally, you get depressed. Spiritually, you question a higher power. If you have low energy, something's going on, energy is not flowing, well, it affects you physically. Emotionally, definitely, you get depressed. Spiritually, you question a higher power. You got an emotional issue, you get the fight with the girlfriend or the wife. Does it affect you physically? Definitely. The emotions affect the energy and the physical body. Once again, the spiritual experience. So the reality is your issue, your liver issue may be structural. It may be emotional. It may be energetic. It may be the, the result of a tooth affecting the meridian with the energy flow to that organ. Uh, it's a combination of all of that. And when Josh talks about the belly button, the scarring that pulls the body out of alignment, Okay, for us, structure is the supportive framework for your energetic flow. I saw you had a few osteopaths on your show. Heroes, true structural osteopaths are awesome. So the work we work with aligning the body, and then the energy is, is the different thing. Acupuncture deals with the energetic flow of the body. Teeth can affect the energy of different organs. The emotions, if you've got this belly button that's too tight in the beginning, which happens in the United States, they pull the umbilical, the umbilical umbilicus out, cut it real close, and you have a pretty little belly button. It pulls the diaphragm down, your liver backs up, you get mono. Now, yeah, as you get. Because, so, sorry, that, that's, that's, it's the, that umbilical ligament actually attaches to the roof of the diaphragm, and then it goes down to the pubic symphysis, which is a lot of people don't know that. And I've actually found very few body workers who. who who know that. And once it's in their consciousness, things start to change. So ligament goes up to the roof of the diaphragm, down to the pubic symphysis. So when they pull on that umbilical cord, it's like a drawstring. It just pulls your diaphragm down onto your liver. And then people wonder why they get mononucleosis in their teenage years, right? So this is our growing, this is our growing phase at that point in time, right? So we're, we're getting taller and taller, but that ligament is pulling that, that diaphragm down onto our liver and our liver starts mm -hmm. to back up. And this is where mononucleosis comes from. It's not transmittable like anything else. It can't be transmitted by kissing. It's because your birth was off and they tied off your belly button too tight and your liver is backing up. It's such so, an interesting point that yeah, you bring up there because I found just, I'm doing some research for a presentation that I'm doing next month on the microbiome. And when I was looking for some research papers, I found uh, several peer-reviewed studies that were done through the 40s, 50s, and 60s where they tried to infect, I don't know, they did about 70 or 80 different experiments trying to infect people with mono. They literally mm -hmm. took blood and spit and all sorts of stuff from people with yeah. Epstein-Barr, exposed yeah. it to healthy people, and no one got sick. No. Yeah. And no I one. went and asked my naturopathic group that I'm a part of, and I said, well, what's the deal? Why do we actually think that it's a virus if every single experiment they've done, they've never been able to make anyone sick? And people just yeah. looked at me like I'm a crazy guy. Totally. It's like it's not in their conscience. Sure. I, th I think Beauchamp broke, drank cholera. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, dad watched a guy in the 80s um, have people raise their hand who were HIV positive, and he asked permission. He poked them with the needle and poked himself with the same needle, right? Just to prove a point. Wilner was his name. Dr. Wilner, I think, wasn't it? Was it? That's great. Oh, looking that up. Cool. That would be awesome. We don't have talked about it for that. years. I never knew the name. So, yeah. so yeah, but they got to blame it on something. So of course, don't kiss, don't kiss each other, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, directly related to your birth. And it's just wow. one of these things. The most common thing I see in the blood is, is birth traumas. Um, I think teeth are probably a close second, you know, um, but well, yeah. Well, let's, let me, yep. let me cruise right back to that real quick, Josh. Um, 
we're trying to organize our thoughts here, right? <laughs> we're brothers. We like to just argue with each other a little bit. Uh, but no, this is this is cool. The idea, though, um, with the belly button, and we went to the mono, if the belly button's pulled out tight and things are pulled down, as you grow up, this is scar tissue. So it continues to pull, right? Strain patterns you may have heard about, things like this. Now, you're getting more pressure on these organs. So as we get older, we have more difficulty processing emotions because each organ is associated with different emotions. Mm. Right? It's also affecting the flow of cerebral spinal fluid, which flows in such a minute amount up the spine, it's nourishment for the whole entire body. So as we do this, this is one reason people get their brain fogs as they get older, um, their headaches and things like that. You don't get a good breath when you're doing this. So you're not getting the oxygen you need, you're not getting the flow of cerebral spinal fluid, you're getting extra pressure on the organs. So this is one of the first treatments we would do with people is a belly button treatment to release. Ah, but integrative, holistic, as we release this, then the body worker comes in to relax the body back into parasympathetic. It's just been invaded, so there's a little needle shock. It's been pulled out of alignment for so long that it needs a little support to help it fall back into alignment. And Josh would say that our dad fixed half his soccer team's asthma just by one treatment to the belly button. Wow. I had asthma. I smoked a lot in college. I've had so many belly button treatments. My belly button's like flat. It's kind of <sighs> weird. Um, but I can take a deeper breath than anyone I know, including Josh, who never smoked in his whole life. So these little things in the end are a big deal. And it really comes down to the four body experience. Um, you got to align the car. The energy has to flow. Emotions, joy is such a big part of our health. And dad, he would write that on the prescription pad for you. Go have some fun. You know, and this right now, look at what's going on with us historically. No one's having any fun. Everyone's afraid, right? So you're not healing. This is a perfect recipe for more sickness, more dis-ease. Uh, Anna did an interview. My girlfriend is Anna Maria Oliva. Um, she's a PhD in biomedicine. She's a superhero in, uh, in Spain, in Europe. Um, one of the top 10 liars of COVID, yay. So you know she's telling the truth. And she did an, inter an interview, uh, someone interviewed her and the guy said, okay, you're a scientist. What do we do? We need to be healthy. This is happening. And she said, take off your shoes, take off your mask, go outside and hug a tree. Not romantically, but the idea that the bare feet on the ground creates a piezoelectricity earthing there's energy there right the negative ions from nature and the trees this is important for us so for a scientist to say this is take off your shoes take off your mask go breathe have fun that's important for your health all right for us josh and i you know he talks about structure because no one addresses it we've been so many places and they have like the pyramid of health with structure and then top is your your family constellations and things in your past lives which is great however we're in this body right now and if the car is not aligned you got you can't get to these other places then i, the I was working not going to flow yeah i was working in seattle initially i was excited to go there because it was a big hub for alternative medicine and surrounded by a bunch of bastier students and not one of them was doing any body work, right? And they weren't aligned in the car. The, the trough of supplements I was watching them give people was insane. And they're muscle testing everything. I was watching them muscle test x-rays, right? And the theory of muscle testing is correct, but that doesn't mean people can do muscle testing on their own and have it be consistent, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so I'm watching all these things. We had a client come with ALS, right? The blood is showing his skull was crushed. 
<laughs> right? The skull was crushed. And he's a farmer, and he got in a tractor accident at one point. He was actually suspended in between two tractors by his head, <laughs> right? So, of course, there's cranial compression. The nerves have been crushed, right? But, but no, they're talking about some inner infection, and they're giving him camel's milk and stuff like this. It's like, just get somebody to put their hands on their head and see if they can start to get those cranial sutures moving again. You know, so it was a frustrating introduction as our clinic was closed down at that point in time. And it was the simplest thing. It's like, okay, five minutes, look at the blood, head injuries. He's like, yes, right? And he'd been a doctor after doctor after doctor. And even the doctor I was with didn't, go, didn't work on the head injuries. Hmm. Right. And actually, after two years of being there, I walked out of there with TMJ. So. <laughs> <laughs> His own head injury, right? To clench your jaw for a while. And dad would say that too. Fibromyalgia is a big deal. Clench your fist for five minutes. Notice the pain. Clench your fist for five years. You have fibromyalgia. And if your car is missing a tire, it doesn't matter what kind of gasoline you put into it. It doesn't matter what food you put into the tank at that point in time. The car is, is misaligned. Align the body. And this is what dad would always did. He would figure out why the body wasn't aligned. Scars pull the body out of alignment. The mouth controls the whole structure of the entire body, right? So if the mouth's out of alignment, the entire body will be out of alignment. So he figures out what those blocks are, releases those blocks. The body goes back to being aligned, takes pressure off the organs so they can do their job. The body will heal itself at that point in time. It was so, so simplistic wow. that I don't think osteopaths understand a lot how important they are. A few of them do. Yeah. And you know, these tech Sorry, yep. Josh, I didn't mean to oh, go on. off. No, jump go in, on, please. Um, are these yeah. techniques, do you teach this at your academy? No, no. no. Um, <laughs> we will be introducing you to some osteopaths, though. Okay. That hopefully people can get some learning and some trainings from. We, we've known some great ones in Europe. The osteopath in the United States, a lot of them now just, just sit there with a pre prescription pad. They don't even put their hands on you anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a small percentage. So we explain a lot about cranial osteopathy. We'll bring in some osteopaths to talk about it. So we'll educate people and then hopefully they can find their own practitioner to learn from um, or just you know find their own practitioner to go to. It's the only thing we recommend for everybody is get your car aligned. Well, we will teach you exercises though. Yeah, to help sure. you keep yourself aligned. That's one of the things that we do. It's to, you need to be able to take care of yourself. And I mean, I have a back issue from an accident. And I'm trying to find a body worker. They don't exist like we like in Mexico where I'm at. Um, so there's a way that I have to be able to do some things on my own to help keep me aligned. Yeah. And this is part of our job is there are some simple things we can do. Yeah. Um, and we are teaching that through the academy. The academy, we're setting it up. It's set up. The infrastructure is being put into place and super excited. The things that we have to share with people. This is not my dad's work. He learned it from two German scientists, doctors, and we actually hired private investigators. We do not know where they learned it from. Okay. <laughs> this work was not my dad's. This work was given to him to share with the world. All right. And it's not my world. It's not Josh's or yours. This is ours. And the way we do things is the worst business model. We get people better and they go live happy, healthy lives. And we're not making you money, you know, repeatedly off you. However, I want to live in a world with happy, healthy people. Yeah. So if we can help you be a happy, healthy person, my world is a better place and you're going to affect people. So that's important. And as Josh says these things, I have to remind people, um, you may think we're crazy. However, what we say a lot of times is, Things you've never heard are the exact opposite of what you've heard, but it's because of the experiences we've had repeatedly. Yeah. Um, and, and Daniel, you know, it's as I look into your stuff a little bit, it's cool. Um, I we have some pictures we can show. Want to know what it is that you know? We can talk for days, and we know what we want to say, what's important. We think. However, what is it that people need and want to get from us? 
there is one thing I do want to ask you about. Um, homotoxicology. Has that crossed your path? Um, a very small amount. It's not something that I have looked into. Um, actually, Perfect. a colleague of mine, uh, he's a medical doctor in Victoria. Who uh, So Victoria is probably you know, a couple of thousand kilometers south. I used to live there uh, many years ago and became friends with a medical doctor who was really into it. And we had many sort of long discussions about it. And he's taught me some of the, the foundational things. But um, no, it hasn't really been on my radar as such. And I'm sure that you'll be able to teach me a couple of things about it. Homework. You got some homework. It was fun. Okay. This is one of those things that I was surprised when I originally talked with Andrew Kaufman, he hadn't been aware of it. And I was like, uh Oh, this is going to, this is going to fill in some dots. This is, this is awesome stuff. Uh, Nobel prizes have been won with work based on these things. And our dad would say, if you're a physician working with the body and you don't know about this or haven't experienced this, then you need to do some homework. Um, dad would actually say, stop, get your hands off the damn body, because that's the way he was. It, ex um, it, it explains the progression of disease, basically. So uh, how disease works, for, you know, from the outside in and how we heal from the inside out. Um, disease progresses from bacterial to fungal. Adam will talk about it a little bit here, but it's an understanding of how sickness and health actually work. Right. I'll bring this up right here, as a matter of fact. And it's very simplistic. All right. So it is. That's what's nice about what we're doing. It's too simple for most doctors. You know, it's like, this is so simple. Dad would say that even Josh can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't go to school, but that doesn't mean totally. anything. we're learning about schooling these days. So yeah. this one, this is interesting. Josh mentioned before that the body should flow like a nice meandering river. The energy needs to flow. Either you have a stagnant pond or you have a river. Now, as the river flows, you can see sometimes that a twig will fall in the river and debris will accumulate, mm. okay? Now you can cleanse and detox that debris, or you can get rid of the twig. And as we look at the blood, that's what we see in the blood. We see the twig. So it's taken the brain out from us, for us, which is nice. We don't have to think so much. We know how to interpret the language of the body, and you know your body. So how often we pull up the images on the screen and the person knows what it is before we tell them. Okay. You are your own expert. We want to validate who you are and what you've been going through. Yeah, now, and here's every, the... And every, sorry, and everybody's on a detox these days, right? They're trying to clean up their terrain. Now, figure out why your terrain is full of crap in the first place, mm. right? Remove those blocks. And then the body, the body is designed to clean up your garbage, literally. Yes. Right. And then let the body do its job. Well, and it's definitely detox is one of those things as people start to figure out, oh, I need to take care of my body instead of just taking pharmaceuticals. Start to clean things up. Look at what you eat and things like that. And dad knew Atkins from the Atkins diet. Um, we don't talk a lot about diet because it's very different for everybody. Everyone is unique, you know, but you need to think and pay attention to what's going on and do your own observations. Yeah. With this, get, though, get, get, get your vitamins from your food and not from a pill bottle. Mm. Yes. What we have here is the progression of disease. So excretion is what the body will do first. We can go with skin. Here's your organ systems and here's the phases of disease here. So if we go with skin and actually um, respiratory works too, because they're simple. We sweat, that's excretion, okay? But that's gross. We don't wanna sweat, so we take antiperspirant. Well, the stuff has to come out somehow. So what's gonna happen? This is where inflammation comes into the picture. Now you have acne, okay? Acne is gross, we don't want that. Body's trying to push stuff out. We need to support it, but we don't want to look gross with acne. So we put on acne cream. Now it's depositing in more. And this is the key point here. Inflammation is how we heal. 
Sweating, this excretion is normal. That's bacterial in nature. Inflammation is when things become fungal. And it's the trapped inflammation. When the inflammation becomes trapped, we become inflamed and things deposit. Now we're starting to have issues. The nice thing is people are talking about inflammation. It's a hot topic. Anti-inflammatories, hmm, isn't that interesting, depending on what's going on. Now things have inflamed, can't push that stuff out of the body. So things start to deposit. Okay, navi, navy, however you want to pronounce this. It's like, they're like birthmarks, little brown spots that you have. Things are it's going it's it's to deposit in whatever your weaker system is in the body. Yes. So if we just keep with skin, next thing you know, things become impregnated. Now we have allergies. You're sensitive. You touch something and you get a rash all of a sudden. Things start to degenerate. You have your scleroderma and then things de-differentiate. These are your cancers. Okay. Now, like Josh said, this is going to manifest differently for different people. If you've got the sweating and you put on the antiperspirant, it can come out your face. Definitely. That's easy. If you push it deeper, if you've got a lot of grief, it can come out your lungs because grief is the organ of uh, lungs are the organ of grief. All right. This chart works from top left to bottom right. And the way this works too is if we come all the way here, uh, Western medicine, by the way, you've got pharmaceutical, 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 pharmaceutical. The average American is on three to five and three to five Americans are getting cancer or one out of three Americans are getting cancer. Mm. It's a perfect recipe. This makes perfect sense to us. We know why cancer happens. Now, here's the beauty of this. It reverses just like the pleomorphism experience. If you're here in a cancer area and we work with you and all of a sudden you're having uh, different symptoms, people freak out. No, actually, you're going back through the process. Mm. Dad would say everything starts with an itch and ends with an itch. You're peeling back layers and things like that. But it's still... A, talk to him about that biological division right there too, Adam. This is where things get serious, basically, as you're really becoming fungal. This is where the mold starts to happen. This is where it's much more difficult for us to, to affect things. So that's okay. all, all acute diseases, bacterial in nature, and all chronic diseases, fungal in nature. So that, that's the first three parts of the chart. There are bacteria stages, and the second three are the fungal stages. Actually, the first one is bacterial. Once you get into inflammation, we get into uh, fungal. <laughs> Only the first one's bacterial. Oh, and what, says, what, what it says on the bottom is really cool. It says, down here at the bottom uh, is a field matrix reflecting medical experiences based on careful observation and empirical learning. It is a phase-by-phase -phase arrangement of disorders with no direct relationship between them. That's interesting. There is a relationship. It's not direct. No causal pathogenetic link between disorders can be inferred. Hmm. Structure of the table makes it suitable for developing a prediction system, giving a better assessment of the possibles for a vicariation effect. Two Nobel Prizes have been won with work based on this chart. And when you, when you treat the symptoms, especially with a pharmaceutical, you're, you're pushing the sickness deeper down into the body. Right. Yet you're taking care of those symptoms, which makes your pharmaceutical a success. <laughs> Right. So it's a big deal for us. The simple experience of <clears throat> dad looked at the symbionts in the blood and then your body is out of balance. There's a block uh, in one of the four bodies. The symbionts then due to stagnation will morph and adapt due to, uh, because of pleomorphism. Then as the pleomorphism happens, you get symptoms. Those symptoms then get categorized by Western medicine and you get pharmaceuticals. Those categories can be seen in the homotoxicology chart and you can map the patterns and progression of disease. What our dad did was looked at the blood, addressed what he saw there, non-invasively if possible, and reversed 
this whole process. He was going to have a business card once that said he specialized in spontaneous remission. Um, and it really is. If miracles happen when you know what you're doing, people would say, this is a miracle. And dad would say, no, this is actually good science. Mm. It's, it's very simple, too, in the end. Health is simple. People are complicated. And, and it's really a, it's a paradigm shift back to things that worked initially. Right? This isn't new stuff we're talking about here. This is all old stuff. That, that's, that's how we're supposed to evolve. The nature evolves through symbiosis. So people told us, we're well, future medicine. It's like, no, actually, everything we talk about is from the past. And then it's actually stuff that worked in the first place. <laughs> and even he mentioned platelets there, so on inflammation. So I'll jump in on that really quickly. We, we monitor your inflammation by looking at your platelets. Right. And so inflammation, a lot of people are starting to realize this is the way we heal. But a lot of people don't understand that you get an injury, the platelets go to the area, they try to heal that injury. But if you've got an injury or some scar tissue built up there, the platelets can't work through that. So they back up. And now we become inflamed. And this is the areas that we're looking for. We're looking for the areas of trapped inflammation. We release that area and then the body can calm down and do its job. So, you know, inflammation is a hot topic, but people don't really talk about when it gets trapped, that's when we become inflamed. And those are specific areas we're looking at. So on the blood, where we differ sometimes from the live cells, we really monitor heavily the platelets. The size of the platelets, the number of the platelets means a lot to us. Dad says he could tell you, he used to say he could tell you the age of your body by looking at your platelets. All right. So yeah, inflammation is the way we heal. Um, Anti-inflammatories. You know, I'm not against anything that'll make you feel better temporarily while you're fixing the problem, mm -hmm. but long-term anti-anything is going to cause problems. Long-term supplements, you're, it's going to inhibit your body's ability to absorb it on its own. And I'll finish with that, Adam, then I'll let you get back to it. I, I've been getting into more into regenerative agriculture, and I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and they talked about how, yes, they use compost, they sell it. They never put compost on their property, right? They never put fertilizer anywhere except where it, it drops. And they say what happens when you put fertilizer, even healthy fertilizer on a plant, then the plant is not developing deep roots. It is not developing the mycorrhizal relationship. Right, right. Right. In essence, it's getting lazy. So if we're taking supplements all the time, what kind of relationships in our body is that inhibiting? You know, so and these are things I'd really like to study a little bit more. And the more I learned about soil, the more it puts pieces of the puzzle together for me. Because I was we were never people who sold supplements. You want to take them on occasion. That's fine. But most people don't take them on occasion. <laughs> Yeah. People wake up in the morning with their hundreds of pills they're taking, you know, so it was a really interesting way to, to look at it. And it really it connected some dots for me. And just on that point, Josh, as well, yeah. that you were saying, um, it sort of reminded me of something that I thought about once before is that we have all the answers already to these things. We've yeah. already found out what works and what doesn't work through trial and error from thousands of years of different forms of medicine. We just have yeah. to rediscover that. It's not about discovering new things. It's about rediscovering old things that we already know. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And, and it all comes back to nature. And we follow Darwin in a lot of ways, which is survival of the fittest. So if I'm stronger than you, then I win. So we've got wars on cancer, wars on drugs, wars on terrorism. And it's combative. Where his, his uh, rival was Lamarck, who preached everything evolved through symbiosis. Yes. Right. So we have to really understand how nature works and nature evolves through symbiosis and working together and to not be so antagonistic as far as the way we're leading our lives. And the more we live in, in against nature and separate to it, the sicker we become. And we sort of sit around scratching our heads, wondering why we're all so sick. Why? Yeah. You know, and nature does nothing in isolation. Right. right. And the farmers kept saying nature is self-organizing 
um, self-healing, you know, and we're, we're the same way. We're the same what? way. What makes us think we're separate from nature? We're animals. We're a part of this. You know, that's where we went wrong. We are not separate from nature. It really is. It's that simple. It's back to back to the basics. We've evolved to a complicated mess. Well, honestly, you know, and it's really, it's, it's beautiful when you get it and you just go, huh, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to focus on being happy and eating food, the right food. And I love food. I eat to live and I live to eat, you know, it's, <laughs> you grow your own food. It tastes better, you know, and I can tell you the amount of joy a child gets when you're going to give that child a cupcake is much more beneficial to that child's health than the sugar is detrimental. In moderation, yeah. of course. You've deserved a piece of cake. You've earned it. We yep. all need to treat yep. ourselves. Don't eat the whole damn cake. Yeah. Right. And for yep. me, every every mile I walk is another taco. <laughs> so I'm walking because I'm eating tacos. Damn it. Um, yeah. And you're growing your really, own food, Adam. Uh, we're working on it. No. Cool. Yes. The squirrel. I'm fighting with the squirrels right now. I'm trying to live in stimulus. <laughs> I'm going to eat the squirrels, but depending on. Um, but we're very uh, conscious of what squirrel we're taco. doing. Um, yes, <laughs> who knows? Mexico is awesome. It's going to be glyphosate free by 2024. We went to the flea market to buy produce and uh, Anna says to the farmer, uh, what chemicals are you putting on this stuff? And he looks at her like she's crazy and says, I can't afford that. <laughs> like this is this is beautiful. What's going on here is, and you know what? Mexico has some of the lowest cancer rates in the world. There's a line in the sand and the US has some of the highest. There's a different lifestyle going on here. I'm, I mean, yes, people, you should be growing their own food. Mexico, I just heard this. Get this. You're afraid. Food shortages. Oh, overpopulation. Bull. Um, Mexico is going to be giving people money to grow their own food so there's no food shortages in Mexico. Dude, that sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Come on, man. The concept, huh? you know, In America, I mean, we, we, we pay the farmers not to grow anything. Are you right? <laughs> they need the money. This is what they're doing. It's like, are you kidding me? It's a fine line between clever and stupid, and this isn't even close, man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really, it's, I, it's funny, uh, Daniel. I, sometimes I apologize, and I, I don't feel sorry, but I, we talk so much, and I'm, I'm interested oh, I in, in what, you, what you have want from us and stuff. I want to show you some pictures. You know, I know Josh has to go at a point, too. And it's exciting for us. We're so excited in general that people are more interested now. The pandemic has been a blessing in a way. Uh, we know things were broken or put up the wrong way, set up the wrong way. So it's time for us to do something now. Now the whole world knows there no, there's nothing more valuable than their health. And your Ferrari, your money doesn't make a difference. So the playing field's leveled a little bit. And people are coming to us for information. There's three types of people, those that believe the narrative, those that don't, and those that don't know what to believe. And when they don't know what to believe and they look for answers and they find us, we have answers that make sense. Answers that you can use right now and go test yourself. So we're here to help people. And we're so excited that, I mean, you're in Australia, the other side of the world is coming towards us. I mean, we've got, someday we'll have microscopes to put around the world. And then you get a drop of blood where you're at and it comes right to us. And we can get data from everywhere and we can facilitate your local practitioners because it's not about us. We don't want you coming to us. We don't want to work day in and day out helping the world. We want to share this so the world can heal. Amazing. And it's, it's exciting. It's thrilling. And the pictures, when people come across our work, they're like, well, who are these weirdos? 
Yes, we're weirdos. Normal is crazy and crazy is normal. So we go with that. Um, but we have wonderful information to share. And our picture's worth a thousand words. People look at our pictures and they go, whoa, wait. And for people listening, we appreciate skeptics. Do not believe what I tell you just because I said it. I mean, we've had the we've had we have the proof. We've done this for years. Sixty thousand images of blood in our database, and twenty five years of clinical success. We know what we're doing, hmm. but find out for yourself. Right? Don't just believe what people tell you. Yeah, I'm I'm an I'm an open minded skeptic. Yes, right? there's two types. there's two types of skeptics. Yeah, there's the open minded ones and people who are just jerks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so if you're an open minded skeptic, then, then that's fine. So let's let's get to some pictures there, Adam. Um, okay. And it's important. A lot of people think. I mean, we're known a lot for these images. It's just a small piece of the puzzle of what we do, right? It's just yeah. a piece of the puzzle that tells us what's going on. But to me, the, the sympertites, the somewhatids and the blood are, are the most important thing by far. The platelets are a close second, right? The images that we, that we show you are just a piece to the puzzle. Yeah, they're an impressive piece. They're a pretty piece sometimes. Right. It's very so, visual, which is really nice, so. Yes, this one, this is interesting. This person came to us, he, he had his hand crushed. He broke his hand. Now, when we see these images, you realize we're taking blood from capillary. So only one red cell can fit through at a time. Physically, this image is not possible that it would be in your bloodstream or you would have a stroke. Yeah. All right. Uh, and... Yeah, so a lot, a lot of people will call these artifacts or just dirt in the slide. If it's dirt in the slide, then it's matching things that are going on inside you internally. So there's definitely a quantum entanglement there. This is air pocket here on the side. Right here is the blood, and here's the x-ray. So you see cartilage and vertebrae. All right. So and detailed, isn't it? It's incredible. Some it's of ridiculous. It, some of it really matches anatomy. A lot of times I'm looking at the size of things because the size of it in your blood correlates to the size of it in your body. Mm -hmm. So, But realize it, the frequency is off for a reason, which is why it shows up. So it doesn't always show up perfect. Sometimes you get a perfect one. Here's, here's two new ones. Josh just got these yesterday. Whoa. What's it look I had like? To, I had to ask him on their history form, um, did they have any leg or foot injuries? Because it wasn't on their history form. And they said, oh, yeah, they, they had torn meniscus and they'd rolled their ankle several times. Wow. So I had to actually ask them because people forget to put things. And this was the same person's blood. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. It'll show up repeatedly. It's like the body going, uh, it's my leg. It's my leg. It's my leg. It's my leg. It's trying yeah. to tell you these things. And the, the connection... You could fall on your knee and then you've got a shoulder issue. You fall on your butt, you've got a headache. So the pain is not where you're necessarily needing to address things. Well, we That's fixed people's cause. knees before by sending them to a dentist. <laughs> wow. You know? So yeah, yeah you got to figure out well, what's setting everything off center. Yeah. Speaking of knees, there's my knee. Um, wow. Left side is, yeah, it's from Anatomy Book of Sorts. Uh, this is Air Pocket. Someone fell on my knee at a concert. You know, took it to our 80-year-old uh, Norwegian chiropractor, and he didn't have anything to say. He was like, yep, that's a knee. Uh, <laughs> what he's literally telling you, it's my knee. It's my knee. Yes. Yes. Yep. This one's awesome. This one, uh, Fiona is a woman that worked with us. She was a client first, and then she works with us, and she's the woman that's doing the urine photography, if anyone's listening and has seen some of our images recently. Wow. Um, so Fiona fell on uh, ice skating and hit her head on the ice. Uh, she did go to the hospital and then she came into the clinic and we looked at her blood and here's the neck and here's the head. And we said, uh, we think you're hemorrhaging. Hmm. And we oh, sent well, her well. back to the hospital and she was hemorrhaging. Wow. The hospital missed it. Okay. And that's um, bleed in a pretty serious part of the body around the come on, man. Right. 
Come yeah. on, honestly. Yeah, how, do you, how do you miss that? So, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and the things we've seen, uh, I mean, some of them definitely match books. Um, this one Josh just saw recently. This is a new one. If it comes up, come on on the screen. Delay of technology. Yay. No. Okay. <laughs> I love technology. It makes life easier and harder all at the same time. Well, here's one I found. Um, kidney shows up in the book. Mm. This is like a picture-perfect kidney image. Um, why did this show up? Well, it shows up. We asked the guy at Kidney. This guy came to us with so much anxiety. He thought he was crazy. He was afraid of everything. Thought he was dying. We said Kidney. He said, oh, he was born with one kidney atrophied. Hmm. Well, kidneys are the organ of fear. He has one less kidney, so he needs tools to help him process his anxiety and fear a little more than the rest of us do. And this we see a lot of images of organs. Sorry, we see a lot of images of organs that have been removed um, mm -hmm. because the energy in that area is still a problem. Yeah. And are you, uh, are you um, just taking, I'm sure there's a process and you don't have to explain what the process is, but are you just taking the blood and directly looking at it and you're seeing this under the microscope or is there something that yes. you need to do to observe this phenomenon? Nope. No, the holograms are there immediately. We, we've really? seen some live cell people come recently and say these things are growing on the slide and calling them graphene, which was just a bad guess. Um, but no, the holograms will be there immediately. Other things will grow on the slide, you know, based on what's going on with the bacteria and the fungus. But the holograms, as soon as you take that drop of blood, they're there. Wow. And will you see this in, like, because obviously one drop of blood, there's a yep. lot of drops of blood in the body. So would you see that in every single drop of blood? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Every, every drop of blood will have the same pattern. And they can go to the back to their doctor. If the doctor doesn't help them, then they'll come back. We'll see the same exact patterns in their blood again. Yeah, they cloned yeah. Superman from one drop of his blood, so all the information's in there somehow. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes they match the books. I mean, this is, you got a sonogram here that we've huh. seen pictures that match the sonogram. Um, this one was a recent one, was brain stem, brain. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh saw a stomach the other day. I don't know, sometimes they come up and sometimes they don't. Um, you see a lot of brains these days. A lot of people's brains are pretty swollen these days. <laughs> and they're, they're blaming it on some sort of virus and people are losing their senses. No, what's going on environmentally is actually swelling people's brains. And that's what's putting pressure on those sensory organs. So we get people to have those issues of due to COVID or whatever they want to call it. And we find their cranial mechanisms all jammed up. So we send them to the osteopath who gets the sutures going, takes pressure off those sensory organs, and the senses come right back. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And that stomach picture, it looks exactly like the anatomy of a stomach. Yeah. yeah. You've got and we the... do this. We don't touch these. This is not us messing with anything. I mean, we're not here to screw with people, you know, and it's really, uh, I don't know. How, I don't know how we could create that one, but yeah, uh, people call them dirt on the slide artifacts. doesn't matter what they are. They're matching something that's going on with you internally. Check this out. This showed up and dad said, this doesn't look natural. This is an old picture. You can tell by the grainy picture here of the image. Uh, it doesn't look natural. It looks like a dental implant. The person said, oh yeah, I have an implant that's killing me. They had the implant removed. That's the oh, implant. Wow. And the picture to the bottom right, that's the image in the blood dissipating after the person had the implant removed. Yeah, we would always do blood before and after treatments when we had clinics. And if the blood didn't change immediately, you know you missed it with the treatment. So mm -hmm. we're always monitoring the changes afterwards. If the blood looks exactly the same afterwards, your treatment was wrong. And dad would charge a flat fee. You know, he yeah. says, you don't charge for the treatment, you charge for the result, whether he gave you three treatments or one treatment. Right. I'm going to do one more little section here, Josh, with the emotions, because we do see the emotions in the blood. Look out, we got Is 10 it? minutes. Okay. Yeah. These images match up with images that Dr. Homer saw on his uh, CT scans. 
Okay, so how and much talked about these are interesting shock. because yeah, these the same in, images which we've seen for probably thirty plus years now. Um, Enderline talked about these in the early 1900s. These same images have been shown by live cell people as graphene. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That magically grow overnight on the slide. They just appear the next day, some of them say. No, these are there immediately. Enderline says they're related to kidney. You can open up a book from 1925 and see these images in there. Yeah. And he related them to kidney stress. We relate them to emotions, which is related to kidneys, obviously, as well. But this is where some of the inconsistencies with people's integrity with their studies are starting to bother us when it comes to protecting the integrity of my dad's work. But not only my dad's work, but Bechamp and Lamarck and Einstein, all these wonderful people who did legitimate science, but didn't make bad guesses or assumptions to try to prove what they believe to be true. Mm. right so yeah. there certainly could be graphene in the vaccine i don't know all i know is it's not going into my body right but people are making yeah. bad guesses because they don't understand things that they're seeing in the blood sort of labeling it as graphene these things can be seen in books from 100 years ago mm. it's not graphene and we want we want to support people the thing is we do have information to share and we're not going to share with things that could potentially scare people unless we know exactly what we're talking about mm. um and it's it's, it's, it is what it is. At this point, you know, um, I want to show you the picture of this. This is the emotional experience. And that's, it makes sense if people are seeing all that stuff in the blood now because everyone's afraid of all kinds of stuff. Everyone's worried. Yeah. I mean, how many people are getting these injections right then? They're freaked out what's going to happen. We'll see that in the blood, definitely. This one's interesting. This is a full picture. Dad's hero was Sherlock Holmes, and he considered himself a medical detective. So you see a picture like this, and we have this, which is this worry cell. This is a deep, dark, old emotion, and it's situated on the sacrum. This is a structural issue here. So you have a deep, dark, old emotion on the sacrum. This is early sexual abuse. Wow. As we see in the blood, this is one of those difficult questions, but this is also the clues are all there, the pieces yeah. to the puzzle and everyone that's listening, anyone that's listening to your stuff, you guys have pieces to the puzzle. You may have all the pieces. The body knows what piece needs to be put in first. We deal with scar treatments and things like that. And we would send people for scar treatments and people would treat all the scars on the body. Well, the yeah. body wanted this one dealt with, that one dealt with, you know, you just unleashed some rage because of that scar and the body didn't want that one done. So there's a law and order to the way this stuff can work. Yeah, as I was, when I was working with certain people, I would look at the blood and would say, all right, for instance, it says the umbilicus needs to be treated. And they'd come back out and say, oh, we had a big gallbladder scar. So I did that also. And now I'm wondering why the guy's freaking out angry on the table. Why is there a healing crisis? Right. Mm. So I kept seeing the healing crisis is when I wouldn't work with my father. And I finally asked him because I, I never saw him with him. 25. I've worked on and off with my dad since high school, the 19 early or late 80s. And I never saw these healing crises. And he says the healing crisis comes when the practitioner doesn't know what they're doing or they're pushing the wrong buttons. There's a rhyme and reason. It's not a good thing. A lot of other gentlemen like to think it's a good thing. It's not a good thing. I mean, you're, you're pushing the wrong buttons. OK, the body doesn't like to to heal by pain or by freaking out. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. It's always a should be a nice, gentle process. So it was an eye opener for me. But this is where the blood comes in. The blood tells tells us what your body wants done first. Okay. You can't open up all the blocks at once. There's always one block. And then the next time I look at the blood, there's going to be the next block to open up. It's and literally is telling you what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes my brain out of the equation. We just know how to interpret it. And it's so much fun. It's like, it, yeah, that's what dad said. It takes the brain out. And the thing is, your body's trying to tell you right now, Daniel, and you're listening. We're all listening. Be silent and just pay attention. But 
if you can start to see this true holistic integrative body experience, that the reality is it may be your unhappiness at work that's creating the liver problem, you know, or maybe that nail you stepped on when you were a kid that's creating something that's going up to the neck. We've seen all this. So you are a holistic integrative being. The specialists screwed things up. Our dad was a left eye surgeon. Was he a left eye surgeon? Yeah. He was a totally different guy. I worked on the right eye. You know, it's like, do they connect it or something? So that's it. And really, too, for people listening, if you're a practitioner, find other practitioners to work with. The acupuncturist should be working with someone that's doing some body work. You know, the naturopaths, the same thing to find the energy work, the body work, the nutritional experience, and integrate this with the emotional work. That's integrative, holistic that's what we are about this is you us the world this is the terrain and and we do have the online course coming up soon which is going to be about the train it is not a microscope workshop it's not a microscope course although it'll be involved um i was talking to you earlier we used to do trainings but a lot of the people coming were from live cell analysis which is very different theories that we have so they thought they could incorporate holograms into the theories which didn't really mesh with our theories so what we're doing with this this online course is we're gonna teach people the theories behind what we do. And then for the people who really understand it, 100% and are all in, then they can proceed to a microscope training after that. So, and part of it is just, we just have to protect the integrity of it, right? It's all about being consistent with what we do. And we've seen a lot of consistency, inconsistency out there with, with dark field specifically. So we really distance ourselves from live cell analysis. They can do what they want. That's fine. But we're, we're coming from a different angle. And for the people who understand the angle we're coming from, nature and how nature evolves, then we'll be able to teach them in the future as well. And is that um, BigelsonAcademy.com, I think it is? Or yes, is it- BigelsonAcademy.com. You got it. And it's like Josh said, this is new paradigm time. We do want, we, are, we need to change things. This is a big deal. And this is the foundation. So we need this to be bulletproof, whole free. You know, I'm, I have a lot of friends and we, we as friends with people, I want my friends who are sharing information to have no holes in their stuff because any hole and then the other side is going to just discount everything. Hmm. So we need to be very solid on this whole experience. And we do, we want to train everyone as far as understanding this knowledge. Medical people, medical professionals have a hard time because they have to unlearn a lot of things from us or with us, which is fine. In the end, though, if you want to learn, this is easy. What you need to do is get dad's holographic blood book because it talks about the whole experience. Uh, We've got a signature lecture that is basically this information from the book. Josh and I are putting together the webinar series where we're going to do webinars with other people and have the interactive community where we can ask the questions and we can just chat with people. Then we're doing the consultations. These are educational consultations. So you can listen to our stuff and figure quite a bit out. If you're still not sure and you need some more assistance, we do distance consultations. We send you slide kits. You stick your finger, get the blood back to us within 24 to 36 hours. We can produce the report, get on the Zoom and explain everything to you. Then it's up to you to try to find some people in your area to help facilitate what you need. Right now we're doing blood in uh, Spain. We have someone with a microscope. I'm in Mexico and Josh is in the States. Eventually we're gonna get microscopes all around the world. So people can be collection centers. We haven't found the right microscope as the technology has changed on us, but we're in process. 
But for people listening, the book is awesome. The webinars, there's a lot of content out there on us. Um, Daniel, we appreciate you bringing us on and sharing our stuff with people. You've got some great people on. If we can connect with those people, anyone listening that has connections, we want to work with people. We want to make these connections. We definitely need to qualify some things. We've tested a lot of stuff with the blood before and after as far as devices or things. <clears throat> um, and we stopped doing it because we got tired of telling people it didn't do what they expected it would do. But people listening have pieces to the puzzle. The question is, how do they fit together? And you might be missing one piece or you might have them all, but you're trying to jam it together like I do. <laughs> you need to let things fall into place. And there's an order to all of this. But we are really here to support, motivate and encourage and educate and empower so you can learn to take charge of your health care. Beautifully said, Adam. I think that's a great way to conclude. Um, Josh, any concluding remarks or are you happy with that? Um, well, it's funny because we, we talk too much and I really wanted to know more about your work because just from the, I just know you from some of your posts and I did surprisingly enough, I agree with most of the things you put on there. And, you know, Adam knows he's got a bit of a frustration with me because I'm so disillusioned with health and with what people are preaching out there that, yeah, I'm totally into farming now. This is what I'm getting into and I'm working with farmers and that, that excites me. So when I finally saw somebody post after a couple of years that, you know, maybe your bacteria and your fungus and you included parasites, which is great. Maybe those are there to help. You know, it, it felt like that we've had people we could communicate with at some point in time because dad felt very, very felt very isolated in his work. Mm -hmm. uh, me have felt very isolated doing this work over the years, you know, and even more so over the last few years. So for me to work with the farmers has really just been good for my soul. For me to see your posts really helps me a lot. Yeah. So the more people we can connect with, um, it's just just fantastic. So I really appreciate it. I want to know more about what you do. Um, and we'll let you talk next time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. Look, I know that you guys have got to get going. I appreciate that time that you've just given me over the last sort of hour and 20 minutes. Um, it's really just shifted a lot of things and confirmed a lot of things that I've also been thinking yeah. extremely wise. And I think there's a lot that people can learn from you. And I highly encourage anyone listening to go and check out your course. I'm certainly going to check it out. When's it, when's it being released? Last year. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, All right. That's a good question. It's, 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 I'll, yeah, we have just putting the infrastructure of, you know, the, the, the online presence experience I'm navigating because it's just Josh and I right now. Sure. Yeah. And, and real quickly, Daniel, was there anything that we brought up that you had a really specific question on? Um, oh man, there were like everything you were saying, there was more that I want. Like, I'm sure we could have just spent a whole hour just touching <laughs> microzyma because I've still got more questions about that. And I think that was the first thing we even spoke about. Yeah. Um, so yes, in answer to your question, there's yeah. so much more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, more I guess questions too, which is funny. Go on, yeah. We need, we need to learn more too. Go on. Yeah, is the is the next step in learning more about this? Say, like going and reading your da your dad's book. Would you say that's another good way? That's, to... that, that, that's got all the science behind it. The holographic okay. blood. It'll have some images that are old and kind of dated, but it has the science behind it. it talks about Bechamp and Lamarck and Einstein and Claude Bernard. Um, talks about homotoxicology. Talks about the teeth. I mean, I could talk for half an hour on teeth. 
mm. you know, and the importance of that. So he did another book called Doctors Cause More Harm Than Germs, which didn't make him a whole, which didn't make him a whole lot of friends in the doctor community. Um, but he was a doctor himself. So that's a fantastic book too. It's not really about doctors being dumb. It's just more experiential than the holographic blood book. So those are the two places to start. Um, we're going to be doing some more webinars coming up so people can join the webinars. Um, the course will hopefully be done soon. Um, but graphic the, blood is the textbook for the course, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot of science behind the work that we do, which is just brilliant. And we always talk, I always say we, and somebody finally asked, why do you keep saying we? And because I mean me and, and Adam and my dad and Bechamp and Lamarck and Steiner and Daniel, <laughs> all of these people doing this great work. You know, it's not me, it's not Adam, it's us. And we have to come together at some point in time. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, it means a lot to me. And I'm just so glad that there are well-educated and articulate gentlemen like yourselves out there doing this work because, hey, we are few and far between. Um, yeah. But hopefully some of the information that you've provided today is going to plant some seeds in the minds of other great people coming up through the ranks. And yeah. we can yeah get this word out to more people uh, in the health industry, not just practitioners, but also the general public who might be able to benefit from this um, healing modality. Definitely. So thank you. So that'd, much. that'd be awesome. It'd be great to get you on one of our webinars in the future too. So we can introduce our people to, to your work. That'd be great. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We're, we're, the world is getting smaller for us. That's awesome. And in the end, onward and upward, this is where we're headed. Yeah. We really appreciate it, Daniel. Really appreciate it. Josh and Adam. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Hasta later. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. The ideas discussed on this podcast do not replace the advice of your primary healthcare professional. If you have any questions or comments, head on over to humanly.com forward slash podcast and join the discussion. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Until next time.